Hello, friends. Have you heard of PEMF, or Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Technology? I want to tell you a little bit about the Centropics Cloud. The Centropics Cloud is an at-home bioresonance frequency device. With the cloud, you can protect yourself and optimize your wellness anywhere you go. It supports molecular activation, energy, endurance, performance, rapid recovery, mental acuity, stress reduction, sleep management, deep relaxation, and much more. The cloud has the most effective frequency range of any at-home bioresonance frequency device. With the cloud, you'll experience up to 20,000 amplitudes per second through eight large coils and reach a wider molecular range in the body. Regenerate your batteries and keep your inner vital forces at full speed with the Centropics Cloud. Just visit GetTheFrequency.com or click the link in the description to take control of your health today. Back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Todd Wilcox. First, a couple of announcements. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find some of your favorite podcasts from our community, like Raised by Giants, Day Zero, Understanding Propaganda, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator there on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account, get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up now. Today I want to welcome Todd Wilcox. He's had a lifelong fascination with alternative healing, consciousness expansion, and human potential. His first book, Slipstream Shaman, Using Quantum Healing for Individuals, Communities, the Planet, and Beyond, was recently published, and the next two books in the series will be out soon. He also hosts a paranormal radio program called My Side of the Universe. Todd, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing really well, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's excellent to have you, man. Been looking forward to this. You're known as the Slipstream Shaman, which we're going to learn about today. Uh, and you implement something called quantum healing, which I'm somewhat familiar with because I've had a few guests come on and discuss this in the past. Um, I'm only slightly familiar, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot about this stuff today. Um, before we get into any of it, though, this is your first time on. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what 
what led you down your path? Sure. Yeah. So um, this this whole path really started as a as a young guy. I would uh, probably as a as a child, I would see uh, different things on TV where p- people could heal themselves by thinking about it. Um, I can remember a couple episodes of Kung Fu. I love that TV show with David Carradine. <clears throat> he was always healing himself or keeping himself from being hurt. Um, and it was, it was through meditation and, and um, just deciding that it wasn't going to happen. And there was other shows like that that got me thinking about it. Um, why, why does that work so fast where you go to the doctor and, and uh, you know, you get a shot and it hurts and, and, or you have to take medicine or, or whatever the case may be. Why was he able to heal himself? And it takes so long at the doctor and, and seeing different TV shows and reading different books uh, really fueled that. But where this all really started uh, in, you know, to where we're at now was about probably 14 years ago. I was, I, uh, I've been doing uh, paranormal research for a long time and I've been on it on a team. And I was asked by another team if I would like to get together uh, with a group of people uh, from about seven different teams that were putting together a team that would help people that nobody else could help. If there was a haunting, if there was a, you know, some kind of problem with the house uh, that they just couldn't deal with, if they if they opened up something with a, a Ouija board that nobody could handle, we would go in and help them. And I thought that's great because I want to help people, but you know, how are we going to do it? And uh, we, we brainstormed about different things we should do. And, and through that brainstorming, we decided we were going to get some training from a shaman. And we brought a shaman in to do some training with us. And as she was teaching us what we were, you know, how to, how to gain our energy and to protect ourselves, she was trying to force um, her beliefs about what the energy looked like on us. So her energy was one color and felt a certain way. And while I'm doing this, I found that my energy was a different color and it was cool. Hers was warm to the touch. Mine was cool. And she just kept pushing, pushing, pushing that it has to look like hers. Well, mine didn't look like that or feel like that. So I, I kind of disengaged. But later I started, you know, redoing the process, but allowing my energy to come through the way it wanted to come through. And at the start, my energy was a light blue color and it was cold. It's since changed to, uh, if you can imagine shining a, a very bright light through a diamond, all the colors that come out, the sparkles that come out, that's what my energy looks like now. It, but it's still cold. I typically have cold energy. But some people have warm. Some people, you know, it's everybody's is different. That's, that's one of the things that I talk about in the book is don't let anything that I tell you be the absolute gospel. If it doesn't work for you, adjust until it does because everybody's a little bit different and the whole key on this journey is to find the thing that works for you so as i was working with my energy um getting to getting a good feel for it using it for protection using it to to protect things push things out of houses um it led to meditation and and for me meditation meant sit in a chair try to clear my mind and fall asleep for a half hour I never could actually meditate until I was using my energy. I covered myself with my energy and just really focused on, on the energy. And I was, I was moved to another place. And that's, that's what I call my quantum room. And it looks, it looks like you're in a place with just mist, this gray mist that's all around you. It's kind of moving around, kind of swirling. 
and that's my quantum room. As I've trained people, I've found that everybody's quantum room is different. I was talking with a host of another show a couple of days ago, and, and hers is like a big, long tunnel. Other people, it's a pond or an interior of a car or a, or a room or a favorite place that they like to sit, um, forest, fields, outer space. There's all kinds. Everybody's quantum room is different. And so don't, don't think yours has to look like mine as you work this process. But I found my quantum room, and that was when things really started to change. What I found was when I'm in that room in a meditative state, I can do just about anything. I invite people to come into that room that I'm going to do the healing with. And it doesn't matter where they're at. I've, I've worked with people uh, on other continents. I've worked with people all across the United States, Canada. So they don't need to be by me. I don't need anything of theirs. I don't even need to know their name. If somebody in, say, Georgia contacts me and says, my, my son is having some problems, can you please do a healing? That's really all I need. I've got that person that, that asked me. I can contact through them to the person that needs me and, and invite them into the quantum room. And they've, they've come each time. So that whole process, though, it took from the time I, I, I found my energy and accepted the energy and could start working with it, it was about a six or seven year process to get where it's similar to what it is now. It started out as uh, I knew that, that somebody had an issue. So I'd invite them to the quantum room and would do some processes with dogs. And I know this is a really long answer to your question. And sorry about that. This is fascinating because I'm gonna have a bunch of questions following up to this. Perfect. So um, it started off I knew that there was an attachment on this person. And so I needed, a, I needed a group that would help me with this attachment, whether we had to fight it or whatever. And as I had that thought about a warrior team to come help me, a dog that I used to have named Desi, a beagle, came through the mist in the quantum room and, and was there to help. Desi had the best nose of any dog I've ever been around. You could not trick her with a smell. She could find anything. And uh, she came out. A couple other dogs came out. Um, an uncle that was um, World War II and, and Korea Marine. And so I'm thinking, I've got a pretty good warrior group. And I used, I worked with these things to help remove what I later called companions. At first, I thought they were all parasites. I find out now that they're not. Some are parasites that just have to be removed and gotten rid of. But many of these things, these companions are things that started off that, to help us. So think about a, a small child, little boy getting yelled at by his dad for something. And he, he kind of shrinks down and gets quiet and just listens to the yelling. So it'll end. The dad leaves. He's, he's done okay. Now he's got this part of his personality that when somebody yells at me, I just get quiet and go inside. That works great with dad when he's a little boy. Not so well in grade school, even less well in junior high, even worse in high school it's a disaster in college and work uh, because he needs to talk instead of going, going quiet. Um, so something that started off positive is now holding us back. And these are companions. And when we find these companions, they can look like anything. My favorite one to talk about, and I don't always know why they started or how they got there. I just know how they manifest. My favorite one was I was working with a lady and I, I don't want to know people's issues, what they're working on. 
because it tends to bias me and I start trying to focus on that area where, where it may not make sense. So I want to go in cold and not know anything about them. And that's what I did with her. And Desi started sniffing around her and found something on her back, started digging on her back, leans in, pulls out this rag. And uh, we set it on the floor. We heal, we heal the wound from where Desi got the, the rag out. And again, this is all in my quantum room. I'm not like cutting people up. Uh, <laughs> this is all metaphysical. Um, so now we've got, we've got that thing out of her. We've healed it. We filled it with love so it doesn't refill with something else. And now we're going to deal with that, with that rag. At first, I would just use my energy to burn these things up and get rid of them. Then I realized that most things start with a positive intent. So we wanted to look and see how we could help these things. So we would still hit them with the energy, do a debriding procedure, like when you, when you burn yourself and they have to remove the skin so that you can heal. We're kind of hitting them with energy so that they're prepped to heal. And then there's a love team. So I have a, a warrior team that's mostly animals, dogs, cats, horses, a giraffe just joined it. And then the love team is, is this aunt of mine that was just the most loving person that's ever lived and, and some other dogs and some other people that have joined. And they focus energy of love onto the, the person I'm working with and also onto the companions after we burn them. And we, we uh, focus the love on this rag and it went from being a rag to a young boy with these beautiful eyes that looks up at her, gives a big smile and, and he's free to go. He takes off. So I don't know what that means. I don't do the interpretation. I'm, she had an interpretation, but I don't interpret. I, I don't want to make the mistake of my interpretation um, messing up, you know, what her truth is, just like the, the shaman trying to teach me the wrong energy for me. Right. Well, let me ask so, you this. Is, is uh, yeah. the quantum room, is this kind of like a... You're actually uh, projecting into this space with these, these other person and these kind of spirit uh, guides and protectors and animals? Absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's in a plane other than the one we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's astral projection or if I'm just somehow accessing it, I'm not sure. Right. But yes, it's a definite different plane of existence working with spirit and energy. And the animals that come to help me, for a long time I was going back and forth on were, were these the spirits of the animals that I used to have? Uh, or is it just a part of me that, that uses their um, abilities to, to do the helping? And, and really where I'm at now is I believe it is the spirit of these animals coming to help, uh, wanting to help people and getting involved in this. But yes, it's on an, a completely different plane of existence. That's incredible. So you're able to kind of see uh, something in this plane that is causing the person ailments in our reality, right? And you're able to kind of manifest this energy to change that in, in this quantum room. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct. And, and so what, what I believe is happening is the work we do in that room is clearing up channels of energy in people so that they're able to heal removing something that that's stopping their energy flow, removing something that's keeping their thoughts wrong, which again is energy flow and allowing it to heal and, and to flow properly. 
Right on. Now, uh, I want to go back to what your what your interpretation of these uh, attachments are. You were saying that some are just companions. I find that very interesting um, because I've had some experiences where I've uh, had entity attachment removals that were that the person removing them called them a companion. Not so much that was out to harm me, but was hindering me later in life because it was stemmed from something that was uh, caused from a childhood trauma, which uh, that's very interesting. Could you talk a little bit about more uh, about these things and how uh, they can affect us? Absolutely, yes. And and that sounds very similar to, to what I was describing is, is something that usually started in childhood, but it doesn't necessarily have to be childhood. It can be any time in your life. Mm. And it's something that started out with a positive intent. It was trying to help you in some way. And, and like, you know, the easiest description is the kid getting yelled at going internal. But there's so many things that we can misinterpret. Um, you take take two twins, put them in a situation where one one sees it as absolutely traumatic. The other one, it's just a blip on their radar, barely even bothered them. It's how they process that in the moment. The, the one that's feeling the trauma picks something up in that moment, held it with them to for protection, for help, to or soothing, or whatever the case may be, and it worked great in that instance. But later down the road, it it holds them back. It hurts. It it keeps them from being the the person that they could be and should be. Even though the the twins, as in the example, have identical DNA, had virtually the same upbringing, they both process that event in a different way. And uh, so one of them we needed to to clean out a companion, and and one we don't. And the companions, but they, they truly are things that started out as, as something positive, something to help us. And they manifest in this quantum room in all kinds of different things. Sometimes it's a, something that looks like a rag or a stick or a bird or a rock or a pipe or a, you know, I, there's, there's so many things they, they show up as. And I don't, I don't ever try to interpret, try to interpret what those mean. Um, I just want to make sure that I get that thing out of the way and then give it the chance to be what it wants to be. So you take the stick out, you debride it, you get it ready for the love, you fill it full of love. And now maybe it's a stream or a flower or a bird. Uh, they, they always change. And usually it's something that can fly away or walk away. But many times it's been a tree or a flower that's fairly stationary. That's pretty incredible. They grow into, and I think it's just a, a thought that they're having, a beauty that they that they know of, a, a happy thing for them, and and that's what I'm picking up on is that energy of of happiness, of being released from what they were doing, so that they can go on and and help other people or or you know help that person in a different way, and and be positive again because they want to be positive. Mm. Now those are the companions. Mm. There's other things that we find that are parasites. I am not sure where they're from. They, you know, they could be demons, could be aliens, could be just weird energy. I don't really have a, a great grasp on exactly what they are, uh, but they, they are things that need to be controlled, that need to be removed and, and banished or, um, you know, sometimes destroyed. It, it's just they, they have to go because they're, they're not there with a positive intent. They're there to suck energy. They're there to hurt. They're there uh, for negative reasons, and they, they have to be gone and be gone for good. Now, what do these manifest as in the quantum room? 
Um, more than anything else, it'll be some kind of a, of a tube-like structure when I see these things. Uh, at least it'll start out that way. So I'll see something that maybe looks like an eel on somebody or a tube going into them or a wire going into them. We separate it from the person and follow that thing back to the source and usually find something else. Not every time. Sometimes we're not allowed to see whatever's on the other end. But we, we make sure that we sever that connection and, and burn it so that it, it won't be a problem anymore, that it's, that it's gone and gone for good. Uh, and sometimes it takes more than one session to get these things gone. I was working with a dear friend of mine, and, and it took probably seven sessions to get rid of this parasite uh, that was really bothering him and causing him a lot of heart trouble. Wow, that's incredible. Now, are you doing something as well that you would consider similar to remote viewing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very similar to associative remote viewing. Um, I can give you an example. <coughs> Excuse me. I was, I was working with somebody that, um, that had a, a organ transplant and the person, their relative, <coughs> excuse me, was was having trouble and I went in to do the healing on them. While I was doing the healing, another uh, person came into the room and this person was very gray. And so I, I was doing the healing on the person that received the organ and then I realized that this was the person that donated it. And we filled that. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and the animals and the different things on the teams that are in there. Uh, we we started pouring love into this individual, got them strong, color changed. You could see that they were happy. They were standing tall. And then the love started flowing out of them to what I believe was the family. It was going out in all directions. And I believe that was going to different family members to help them heal. While I was, while I was doing this, I asked the name. And I won't tell you the, the letter that it, was, that it told me. I'll, I'll change the letter just for confidentiality. But um, I kept getting this letter C, we'll say. And so I'm trying to think of all the different C names. I'm going through, you know, Cedric, Charlie, Cindy, every C name you can imagine, trying to figure out, you know, trying to like force the name on this person. And it just kept saying C, C. And uh, after, the, you know, we, we filled up, filled that one with love and, and filled the person that received the, the donation and, and helped them heal. The person that got the donation was doing great out of the hospital in two days. Uh, everything worked out well for them. And I find out that the donor, uh, everybody called that, that person Cece. And so I was misinterpreting what it was trying to tell me. Um, Cece was trying to tell me Cece, and all I could hear was C, thinking that was the first letter of their name. And that, that's kind of how remote viewing, the associative remote viewing works, where you go to a place, interact with something there. Right on. Uh, now, in your book, you, you mentioned something called retrocausality. Could you explain a little bit about what that is? Yes. Retrocausality is absolutely amazing. It is, it's the phenomenon where you can actually fix things before they happen. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. You fix things back in time um, so that you're, you're healed now. Uh, where, where this was first noticed, and I'm, I'm sure it was a part of um, quantum physics well before this, but as far as healing goes, where it was noticed and where it's been documented is a, researchers went to a hospital 
they took files from people that had a blood disease from, I believe it was 10 years prior, maybe it was more like 15, but they just separated the files into two different piles. One pile, they were going to, they were going to do healing, prayer, positive energy to these people. The other pile of, of patients, they did nothing to. They found a difference in the ones that they did the prayer and the, and the intention and the, and the healing. And so just by randomly separating the piles, then doing this process, they, they found a difference. And that got me thinking. I can remember exactly where I was when I heard this on the radio. I had to pull over. But um, how many other things can we do that with? How many people can we help doing this? And this, this was quite a few years ago. It was before I was starting to work on the energy work. But it was just, you know, you get these different seeds that, that you're planting, and all of a sudden they all come together and, and take off. And so retrocausality is what we're going to do is, is go in and help things in the past to heal the present and the future. And so you can do that uh, by working on timelines. You can do that. Um, really, what's, what's happening when we release a companion, that's retrocausality. We're releasing something that started, say, 20 years ago so that it's off to do its, you know, where it's happy and where it's best best can help and and being able to work back in time to change things is wonderful and many times when you're doing this you see this wave of change coming at you um, from the time that you did the the work on on this and and you can feel it go through you and then you feel it go to the future uh, knowing that the healing that you did um, from years ago has has changed many things and and not just for you but everybody that's that's um, energetically, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, in contact with you. Um, it, it helps those people heal from that thing as well. Right now is the most critical time for us to take back control of our food supply and become self-reliant by having our very own food forest. Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. You can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. Learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. If you're ready to go off-grid, click the link in the description and use coupon code FORBIDDEN for discounts on your very own food forest with Food Forest Abundance. Now, have you ever come across any uh, past life issues that you've had to uh, work out or integrate any uh, what you're offering people into this? So far, we really haven't done a lot of past life. There, there has been some, and I, I do that on myself. And here's here's the weird thing when i'm working in the quantum room i uh i have a very limited time to write things down afterwards i, I have to immediately make notes or it's gone because it's on such a different plane of existence i'm not able to my, my brain is not able to store it for some reason but if i write it down really fast i can look at it even at, you know years later and and remember the event but if if we did a session right now and I didn't write it down, I would not remember what we talked what what happened in that session an hour from now. 
And so my, uh, my personal work on my own um, past life regression things, I, I did not make notes on and I, I don't know what I changed and, and how well it changed, but I, I need to make notes for myself as well. I always take good notes when I'm working with other people, but I haven't been, you know, with me, it's just more working with me and then get up and go to work or get up and, you know, do whatever, do something with the family. So I need to do a better job making notes about me than I have. But yes, that's one of the things I'll be looking at in the future is, is how do we approach the past life with this and alternative life with this also. Now I want to talk a little bit about your animal guides. Uh, you said that you think these are just actual spirits of animals, or do you think that there's uh, some other types of maybe uh, energies or angelic beings or something like that? Okay. So um, my guides, I've, I've got several different sets of guides. I've got my, my big set, the high set, that um, two of them I can't even see. They're, they're on some weird plane of existence where I, I can see them, but I can't focus. Everything's a blur. I know what their general outline looks like, but I don't really know what they look like. Um, they're too too far away to um, energy, you know, isn't syncing up to where I can focus on them. The third one, and it was my first guide, I can see him very well. In addition to those three, I have um, animal guides, spirit animal guides. One is an elk, one is, is Bigfoot, and those that I can see and interact with. And... Um, and the, the elk is a male, big bull elk, and the Sasquatch is actually a female. And those are, my, those are my animal guides. Then I have the animals that come in and help. And I believe those are spirits of the animals I've had um, or, or have known. And um, so the different dogs, there's a rat. Um, there's a lot of different things that come to help. My dad's horses, cats that we've had. Uh, the only thing in that group that hasn't been uh, a pet or or something that I was very well acquainted with is recently I was working with a guy and a giraffe came to help. And since that giraffe came the first time, it's come other times. I love giraffes. This person loved giraffes. And so I'm super happy to have a giraffe helping. Um, but yeah, I believe they're they're actually spirits of, a, of these animals. Do the people you... Do the people you're working with actually experience this too? Can they sense the presence or, or even see these these animals in this quantum room with you? No, they, they don't. And, um, well, the, the essence of them that's in the room, yes. Um, the physical person, no. Um, and possibly in the future, I'll figure out a way that they can um, have a bigger uh, part of this where they can actually see it happening. That's a really great question, and it gets me thinking is, you know, how, how do I get them more involved? Um, and I'm making a note of that um, because I think that's important if they feel it and if, and, uh, and if we're so in tune that they say, okay, yeah, well, you were doing that process, uh, two dogs, a cat, and a, and a giraffe came to help. Uh, I would love that kind of interaction. At this point, that hasn't happened, but um, I would really love it to. They um, they know that they're changing because all of a sudden they, they don't need the heart medicine like they used to, or the, the dog that had the, the stent put in, put in by its liver because things weren't working right. All of a sudden heals instead of having to be put down. So they know that things are happening. They know things are changing, but they, 
they don't on on our plane of existence don't know what happened there maybe on a spiritual level they do mm. but it's not being contacted um not being told to them now what what kinds of things can quantum healing uh help with what kind of ailments or uh diseases or anything really okay so the the best ones so far have been with hearts and it it seems like we've we've run into a lot of people with heart trouble that that have had huge help that first person i told you about is no longer on heart medicine uh, no longer on sleep aids they're they're healing a friend of mine and this this one's in the book it's it's one of the longer stories in the book his name's ron and that's the only name i use everything else is um anonymous but ron ron's heart was down to 13 percent efficiency three years ago the doctors gave him less than six weeks to live and we'd been working on this and about the time that he got that message from the doctor that he was about to check out was when um, some very wild experiences in the quantum room happened and and what happened was and th this is the part where people are either gonna, gonna say this guy's crazy or i i need to know more so i'm doing the work in the quantum room with ron and I find this tube, like we were talking about, hooked to his back and, and sucking energy from his heart. And this is about the third session that we'd done. And we cleaned out some other things. I remove that tube and I, I'm trying to follow it. And I'm not really getting anywhere. And then out of nowhere, an opening in my quantum room. And this is the first time I ever saw outside the quantum room. It was always just missed. There was an opening. And I see an alien staring at me, fairly big alien, big triangle-shaped head, and it's just staring at me. And um, uh, you know, we're both we're, we're we're not sure whether to be scared, to be shocked, to be friends, to do whatever. And um, the alien decided that for us, and he sent this shock wave of energy to hit me, and it actually knocked me out. I I was doing the work. Next thing I know, I'm coming too. Uh, I'm not sure how long I was out, and, and I was really mad when this happened, so um, I kind of had to regroup. I was pretty beat up that day, but the next day I went back in, tried it again. This time I was ready to fight, and same result. Um, I got hit with that energy, knocked out, didn't help. I tried it one more time that way, and same result three times i went up against this thing three times it just knocks me out without even trying and i'm talking to a friend and uh and she says uh so maybe instead of going in there with your marine personality and attacking this thing maybe you do something different and just send love to it i thought well what i'm doing is not working let's try so um i really got the love team focus we had a lot of energy ready um, I opened up that that window in the quantum room and just blasted the alien before he even had a chance to think just with love, just hit it with love as hard as I could. And this took care of him for about three weeks. We didn't have any more trouble. And and then it came back and and I didn't know what to do. And and I don't know why I didn't do this to start, but I I went to my my highest guide and and the other two guides that I can't see very well. And, and I just said, I, I need help. How, how do I help Ron? Please help me help Ron. And we're, I was in the room and I'm sitting down and I'm just, just thinking and hoping and trying to help Ron. And I feel my body changing 
in the quantum room and I'm looking down and my hands are getting big. Uh, my forearms are getting huge. Uh, you know, it's like, like I'm turning into a Hulk type of thing. Muscles are popping out of everywhere. I'm, ge- I'm just getting massive. And they, they tell me, um, push, 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 slam up, slam down, smash. And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, but I opened Sounds like directions for playing a video thing. game. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it, it does sound like that. Um, and I don't know how to use the controllers, but there's A's and B's inside things. Um, and so maybe they were programming me for this. But I, I went in there, got a hold of this thing, and I just pushed, pushed, pushed till I hit a wall, shoved it up into the air, slammed it on the ground, and started smashing it into a ball. And then I, I sent him and his his ship into the sun to fry and kind of watched it happen. He has not been in an issue since. And I don't, I don't like the violence. I, I always thought that the, that this work would be done without the violence, but with that one, there was no other way. Nothing else was working. And, and my guides led me to that violence. And so I don't, I don't want that to be a part of what we're doing, but I, I guess it has to be at times. That's incredible, and that that points to the um, the probability that there are other entities that have access to these realms, but they control uh, they they dictate how we uh, we our health in this realm and how we live, and could possibly uh, affect us in in many different ways, including uh, severe health problems. Right? Absolutely, and and it was funny to me. You know, I'm a TV guy. I was always watching TV when I was a little kid. And, and you'd see the the witch doctors and the voodoo guys. They're always saying, yeah, there's a demon. There's there's this. And it was always some weird creature. And I, I thought that was just part of the mythology. But what I'm finding is there's things that look like demons and, and different things and aliens. And and so I think that, they, that the, the, the old practitioners actually were seeing these things. And, and, of course, Hollywood jumped on the weird part of it and made it sound like everything was that. Right. But there's only been a couple times where there's been a, a creature like that that's been a big problem. Um, and and yes, I think many of our ailments are caused by these things being parasites on us, taking our energy, using us for something, using us for food, using us for whatever. And and to get rid of that, that parasite is a big part of, of what we do. And, um, you know, these that that's all covered in the book. And, you know, while I'm thinking about it, I want everybody to know that if, if you get the book and you're ready to do some changes in your life or for other people from the minute you have that book in your hands virtually two hours later you can be working all these processes and that's if you read all the stories and read it cover to cover if you only read um, through the first half and and get to the process and how to do it you can actually be working the process in less than an hour so I, i wanted this to be fast i wanted people to actually get something out of it too many times i'm in people's libraries in their homes, their dens, and they've got all these beautiful books all over the wall and say, how many of these have you read? Oh, about three, you know, and they literally have hundreds and, and all these books, um, you know, the business books, self-help books, whatever the case is, all were bought with the intent. This is going to change my life. This is going to make things good, but they're so big and they take so long to read. And there's so much information. You don't ever get started. Um, and most of them don't even finish the book, much less get started working on it. So this by design was quick to read, quick to take action, 
and um, and giving you a chance to practice immediately. You could literally, if you decide to get a Kindle right now, um, within two hours, you're working these processes and, and helping yourself and helping other people. Right on. That's great. Uh, now, are there certain things that you've come to learn that attract these parasites and these spiritual attachments and entities more than anything? I know that, you know, we hear like drug use or abusive relationships or negative energy, things like that, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Drug, drug abuse will break down your, your ability to fight these things. And, and many of the people, uh, I do work with homeless people. Um, and there's a story in the book called Torvo. And that, that's, that's really one that makes me happy. Uh, a guy that was in really bad shape when I first met him uh, is doing really well now. But um, yeah, drug use puts you in a place where you don't have defense. And so uh, people that have been doing the drugs and, and I'm not talking just like street drugs. I'm talking over the counter drugs that are, that are for things that you use too much and maybe get addicted to, mm-hmm. um, where, where you're not thinking right. Any drug over time that makes you not think the way you used to kind of opens you up for this. Um, but other things, trauma, trauma makes, uh, you know, anybody that's traumatized to the point where they feel like they're a victim that opens things up to where these things can come in um there's a lot of different things that do it and i haven't i haven't um, sat down and identified each thing but as i'm thinking about the different people there's there's almost always trauma involved and that's that's why a lot of the drug abuse happens too is because of the the trauma from their younger days right on uh now is there any other um types of entities that you've encountered? I know you, you said there hasn't been many type of negative, but is there any more that we could uh, maybe touch on for a second before we move on from the, the negative encounters? Yeah. So, um, and I wouldn't even call these negative encounters, but there, there's another entity that, that I see quite often. And it was something that I saw before I started doing this. And some people call it um, shadow people, shadow man. Um, some people call it hat man. I, I prefer to call it the watching man. And what this thing is, it's a dark entity that's about six feet tall. Looks like it might have a hat or a helmet on, a long coat uh, or maybe cape. And most of the time, it's just looking at you. You know that it's just watching you and looking. Um, you know it has a face, but you can't really see it. It's like blurred out. You can't see the face. And I see these things quite often. I've, I've seen them multiple times when I'm in the quantum realm. And again, they're just watching. Um, I, I, um, we were talking about uh, doing timeline regressions and that earlier. And I, I took myself back. And I don't even remember why I went back to this. But I was in my basement of the house I lived in when I was in kindergarten. And there was at least seven of those things down there in the basement with me watching me play. Um, they, I wasn't concerned about them, but they, they were no big deal. Um, and I've, I've never been concerned when I see them. Some people get very concerned when they see them. And I think there's some of these things that are, that you need to be concerned about, but most of them are, I think they're just here watching and observing and they may even be a part of us. A good friend of mine was telling me about an experience he had with one, and it was at the foot of his bed, and that's where many people see them, foot of the bed or in doorways. Uh, where I saw mine was it was watching me stock shelves at a, a hardware store. And, um, but most people see them when they're laying down and they're, they're either just going to sleep or just waking up. 
but he had one watching him at the foot of the bed and um, he was trying to talk to it and really couldn't. He was in a sleep paralysis state and it walked towards him, walked through the bed, through him and got behind him. And it's, and it turned around so that it was facing, it was standing behind him and the bed was up against the wall. So kind of an odd setup if you're not interdimensional, but uh, it's, it's behind him looking out his, the, my friend's head was right below it and its feet were down here. And it says, you are me, we are one. And when he said that his perspective changed to that entity's perspective. So he could see himself below, see his feet, see the door, see out. And, and that got me thinking that maybe some of these things like the, the watching man are elements of ourselves uh, doing some kind of a review, whether it's maybe a life review or, or how do we fix things? Or, you know, I'm not sure what, what they're watching for and what the review is, but that for the most part seems to be what they're doing is just watching and, and trying to understand. What do you think about the possibility that these could be some kind of thought form or egregore entities that we created from our own energies or emotions that are that have become sort of like parasitic entities but are still kind of part of us? Yeah, there, there's a very good chance that that's taking place. And the more I do this, the more powerful I understand that we all are. When, when we learn how to work our energy, we, we are very, very powerful beings. And so it would not shock me if this was something from our own um, thoughts, our own uh, processes. There's a, a movie that I absolutely love called Forbidden Planet. Mm. And the, the, the people on that planet uh, were, were able to create these energy creatures um, from their id that ended up killing them all. And so maybe these things are, are much like that monster in the in Forbidden Planet to where we've created it and, and given it energy and, and let it go. Um, so, yeah, it would not surprise me if many, if not all of these are our own our own um, our own doing. Right on. Now, something else you discuss in the book is Polly Medella. What is this? Polymodella is something I absolutely love. It just me, it means many healings. And so when I do these, these healings, the things we talk about in the book where there's, I'm doing a process with somebody and talk about what we remove and, and, and how we fix it. One day as I was doing that, a thought occurred to me that there's many, 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 many people out there, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands with the exact same thing happening, have the exact same rag around their heart, have, you know, whatever the walnut in their chest, whatever we're working out with that person, that there's multiple people out there that have the same thing. And so why not send the energy to everybody, not just the one working that we're working with in the quantum room, but anybody that has this same thing going on. And so it, it broadcasts out to people and, and there'll be some um, YouTube videos on, on my website soon that that will do polymodellas where I'm working with an individual that I know or was referred to, but that I believe will also translate out. And I'm curious to see how many people as they're watching it and, and going, you know, meditating with it, feel a change happen. And again, the, the retro causality, you don't have to, the, the time means nothing in, in the quantum world. So stuff we do today can fix things six years from now, 12 years ago, um, all, all over the place. And so, um, so that's one of the things Polly Medella does. And then also it's, it's a group, a group healing. 
um, one example is when we had the mask mandates and everybody was getting so upset and, and, and they decided they're going to start going into restaurants and, and uh, retail outlets and, and uh, kind of have a mob scene to show their, their displeasure with it. Even though it wasn't the restaurant's decision to do that, the restaurants didn't want to make you wear a mask. They they want to have happy customers. It wasn't the retail people. They want to have happy customers. They were following the law, but for some reason the people were taking it out on the people that had to enforce it. And um, and so I started doing this this for the whole country, um, not just aimed at one person, but the whole country. And I did about five sessions, and then. And then the mass, just be, about two days before there was going to be a mass protest at, at places, the mandate changed. The energy was let out. Um, people went from being just super frustrated and mad about the mass to, okay, it's something I can deal with. And I, I don't know how much of that I helped with. You know, sometimes, sometimes timing's good, but with so many of these things, the first 20 to 30 that I worked on that, that the people or animals got better. I said, well, maybe, maybe it's just this, maybe the medicine started working. Maybe, maybe the stunt in the, the stent in the, in the liver started working and it just happened to be at the time I was doing this work, but you have so many coincidences. You have to believe that you're part of it. And, and I do believe I was a part of that. And maybe, maybe I was just that straw that broke the camel's back so that, so that change could be made maybe I had a bigger part of it, but I do believe I had a part of it. And the, the observer effect will tell us that um, just the mere fact that, that I was working on it will, will change things. So um, yeah, polymodella is, is one of those just fascinating things that I, I really want to develop and do more of and get others involved in and see how big of a change we can make in the world. That's really cool. Now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your method when you're working with individuals. Uh, if a person approaches you and they think they have a spirit attachment or something going on that uh, might might be able to help them in this quantum realm, what steps do you take? You said you don't really go in knowing much about it, right? Right. So, um, so uh, just last night, uh, I was on the radio and and I got an email from somebody saying, "Hey, I've I've got some health tr health troubles. Can you help me?" And my response was, "I would love to. Don't tell me anything else, and I will I will do a session the next day and send you my notes. And I'll be doing that once once we're done talking. I'll be doing that session and sending that to them. But yeah, the the process is don't tell me much, whether they're talking about themselves or a loved one." I really don't want to know more than just the bear, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid at night. That's all I need to know. I'm having health problems. That's all I need to know. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid of dogs, you know, just, just the very bare minimum, or I'm just, you think something as general as I have some problems and then I go in and do it and, and, and let the spirit and the energy take me to where, where it needs to be taken and the, and the dogs tend to find things. So there'll be uh, Desi sniffs around. She usually will pull the item off the person or out of them. Sometimes she needs some help. Maybe, maybe a dog has to help pull. Uh, the giraffe was pulling these, these spike things out of a guy the other day that were in his shoulders. Um, so we remove those. Um, what they are, I don't know. What, what that did for him, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever ask. 
but I, I tell them, think about it and see if there's some kind of meaning to you. And it's, it's their meaning that's important. And, right. uh, and then we dealt with the spikes and that. So sometimes the animals pull it out. Sometimes I have to, we will, um, let me just give you kind of a rundown. I'll just make something up person. I invite a person into the quantum room and, um, and then I invite the warrior team who wants to come help me with this person. And as the different dogs come out, um, I, I sit down and pet with them, pet them, play with them for a minute, horses, cats, whatever comes to help. I, I do an interaction with, uh, if it's my uncle, I give him a hug and, and they, they start working on this person. Um, Desi usually is in the lead and she sniffs around till they, till she finds something, then her or the animals will pull it out. Let's say they, they pull an acorn out of somebody's rib and we'll set the acorn to the side. One of the other dogs will usually go hold it down so it doesn't move. And then we continue to look and find whatever. Maybe, maybe we find a, a stick on the other side of them. We put that over there too. The next step is I will take my energy and I hate to say burn them, but we're, we're, removing, we're removing anything that may keep them from healing. So just like when you're in the hospital with a burn and they have to pull that skin off or, or if you have some bad skin and they have to cut it off before you can heal, that's what we're doing. We're getting this thing ready to heal, the acorn and the stick. So I'm blasting it with energy. Once it's fully debrided, then the love team will take them and they usually will get in a circle. My aunt, um, there's a couple other people that show up some, from time to time, a couple dogs, a couple of the dogs that are on the warrior team are also on the love team and they get in a circle and just funnel love to these things. And normally this energy, the love energy comes up from the floor through them and then out. And we just keep sending the love up through them, up through them, up through them until they're completely full and recharged and happy and healthy and strong. And then they convert to something else. That acorn may turn into a mouse. And, um, and it usually will give us some kind of a, of a greeting, you know, a wave, a, a wink, a chitter or something. And then it takes off to go do its own thing. The stick may become, uh, may become sand. And, um, and then just dissolve into the ground. It's, it's hard to say that, you know, so many different things have happened. Um, so now the companions, the things that started off positive are taken care of while that's happening. The animals are working with the, the person that we're working on to heal where we took these things out of. So they, they might be licking that person. They might be just giving them energy. Um, once we're done with the companions, I will put energy and then the love team will also fill whatever's left with that person full of love. And then typically the animals will start licking that area until it seals. You know, so they, they took an acorn right. out of the, their side, um, fill it with love, lick it till it's sealed. And, and now it's, it, it's not going to happen again. When you say you're in this, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, to end that session, we would, we would put the person with the love team. And again, the energy would come up through their feet, fill them completely full of love. And then once they're completely full, this beautiful phenomenon that just started happening takes place. And it's the seven generation healing. So seven generations in the future are being healed right now and seven generations in the past. And this isn't just blood generations. Um, this is um, spirit group um, healing. This is uh, just earth group healing. Uh, certainly would be blood group, 
but it, it's not just just a, a a blood DNA family generation. It's it's your friends, your your acquaintances, um, and the things that are important to you. All those things are being healed, and all those things are there to protect you to keep that from happening again. Now, when you say you're you you would come into contact with an aunt or uncle or an ancestor, are these actual um, is is this your actual spirit of your uncle or your ancestor? You believe their consciousness? I do believe so. I I believe that they they are coming to help um, because that's what they do. You know, my uncle, Marine, he when everybody else is running away, he's running towards the problem. Uh, my aunt, who who was his wife is the most loving person that I've ever been around. They've both passed. Her whole life was making sure that people felt loved and felt like they belonged. And um, she came right out when, when I asked for this help. Now, again, I believe it's their spirit. It might be what I remember of them. It might be my energy doing a remembrance of these people and animals and, and creating something so that I can do this work. But I really feel like they, they are involved on a spiritual level with me and, and help. And I've had um, dogs that are still alive come help. Uh, I have not had people that are still alive come help. It's always been people that have been deceased. Um, but yeah, I do, I do feel like the, the, the people and the animals that help me in this are, are the actual spirits of those things. Now, you've done a, a lot of research into paranormal and extraterrestrials and its connections with all of this. Do you think that um, the ET phenomenon is more of a astral phenomenon or something that's occurring in a different type of reality more than a physical, or is it possibly a mix of both? Uh, you know, I've, I flip-flop all the time on this, and I my, my views change on uh, what this extraterrestrial phenomenon is actually involved and in, in what's going on behind the scenes in, in, in astral realms. What do you think? I'm, I'm seeing much, much of it. I think there's some astral involved, like that triangle-headed alien that, that was causing trouble to my friend, and that's, that's more of a different plane of existence thing taking place i call it an alien it may have been a demon it may have been a spirit i don't know it looked like an alien to me so i called it alien um but i believe most of the the ufos things that we see like that have some kind of a dimensional a trans-dimensional aspect to them where where they're in our plane our existing plane and can also leave it uh i think the same thing's going on with bigfoot um and when I, when I received Bigfoot as a spirit guide, um, you know, that, that spirit was in me and I looked across this row of mountains and I knew, I just knew that I could go across those mountains in seconds and be like 50, hundred miles away in, in almost a blink of an eye. And the only way I can see that happening is if there's some kind of a dimensional interaction where they, they step out of our existence into another existence and then back in. And, right. and so I think that's going on with, with many of the things, Bigfoot, um, ghosts, I think are more of a, a dimensional thing, not so much spirits. Um, I think that's more dimensional where, where we're at a place where the, the walls between the dimensions are very thin and we're able to hear what's going on on the other side. And they're probably able to hear us too. I'm, as I'm collecting EVPs and, and looking for ghost information, I'm probably um, being recorded on the other side, people thinking that I'm a ghost. And, uh, yeah. Know, yeah. So um, there's, 
to me, and I know that sounds like a kind of a science fiction answer, but to me, it, it seems like many of these things have a dimensional aspect to them where, where they can change dimensions, go into a, a different realm, and then come back out. Now, have you worked with a lot of people that have um, issues with uh, entities or alien abduction or being taken or missing time or having to deal with these negative type entities? I've, I've worked with uh, a lot of people that have been abducted. And, and when I say worked with, some, sometimes they are our friends that we do investigations with. Sometimes they're people that I do the shaman work with. And um, Ron, the guy I was telling you about whose heart was at, uh, is still at 13% efficiency, he has been abducted multiple times. And um, so, yeah, I do, I do work with people that have had abductions, and I do work with people that have, that have seen Bigfoot. And, and trying to find that, um, for me, especially with Bigfoot, trying to find what that key is that, that maybe I'm missing so that I can have my experience in addition to what takes place with my spirit guide. I would, I would love to have an interaction with Bigfoot. Um, and I, I don't believe that they're um, just, a, just a, an ape that we don't have categorized. I, I think they're a completely different species that, that is sentient, that, that is intelligent, and that, um, that, that, can trans, that can change dimensions, that can go into different dimensions and leave and come pretty much as they please. Yeah, when I first started this show years ago, I never really covered Bigfoot, but it wasn't until a few years, a couple of years ago, that I started really uh, getting interested in it because of these really high, strange aspects to it, like uh, Bigfoot going through portals, Bigfoot associated with UFOs, Bigfoot disappearing, Bigfoot yes. having psychic uh, communication with people, all, and, you know, Bigfoot building effigies of people. I mean, all these amazing things that are like, nah, that doesn't seem like just a, a lost hominid to me, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and the whole uh, being able to communicate telepathically with people. I've talked to numerous people that have had that experience where, where they were told you need to stay out of an area. Things are going on here that you don't get to see. You need to, you need to be gone. And um, I don't think that the Bigfoot are dangerous to us, <coughs> but I don't think, you know, there's, there's going to be times where they're not going to um, put up with nonsense also. So I don't think they're out eating people. I don't think they're that people are disappearing because they've been become Bigfoot food. But um, I think we have to respect them and and just the sheer size of them. You need to respect them because you know if, if they if they decided that things were gonna go ugly, they, they could certainly go ugly. But I I don't think that that's what their nature is. I think they're uh, they're they're smart animals you know, like we are probably smarter and they're, they're not looking for trouble. They're looking to, um, I think they're observers much like the watching men. Right now, do you see a, a massive consciousness shift occurring on this planet where more people are not only becoming interested in this stuff, but they're changing their lives, becoming more spiritual, looking at things that are that they haven't looked at before, like the corruption of our government, all this stuff. Uh, there's major changes in people going on right now, and it seems to be on a spiritual level. Are you seeing the same things? I, I agree 100 percent that we are changing and when everything was locked down a couple of years ago with COVID, um, I was, as I was talking to different people, the word reset came 
to my mind all the time. And, and that gave a lot of us a chance to reset what was important to us. Um, so you find people gardening now that didn't used to garden, uh, doing more family things. They're so much more open to things. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 59 right now. And when I was in high school, if you talked about believing in Bigfoot, you were laughed at. Uh, if you talked about wanting to see a UFO, you were laughed at. Um, for years, uh, if you were talking about doing paranormal investigations, looking for ghost information, um, not only were you laughed at, but they kind of, you know, they did the, the cross to keep you away like you were a vampire too. Um, so now when people hear what I do, uh, whether it's about, you know, the radio work I do, or if it's the, the book, they're interested. Oh yeah. Tell me more. What have you seen? Tell me how that works. That there is, there is a massive shift. People are much more open, much more interested. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of things over the next couple of years as, as the very creative, very smart people in our society start looking at these things and how they can um, interact with, with uh, whether it's Bigfoot or aliens or whatever. Uh, we've got some extremely smart people out there that, that they're going to, figure out a way to do things and I'm, I'm really excited about what the future holds yeah we're headed towards very incredible times uh tell us a little bit about your radio show my side of the universe sure um we started that about five years ago and it's it's much like you do i i have people on that talk about near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences or alien abduction uh spontaneous human combustion uh lucid dreaming uh, Easter Island. What, what a crazy time we live in. I've talked to three different people that live on Easter Island while they're on <laughs> Easter Island. Wow. And, um, it sounds like they're in the same room. You know, the, the technology is amazing. And so, um, it's the, the show to me is, is one of the funnest things I do. I've, I've talked to about half the people that have been on ancient aliens. Um, and then just so many authors, so many just absolutely brilliant people. And, and many of these people that are doing similar work to what I'm doing, we're, we're getting groups together um, to, to help that human consciousness, to grow human consciousness, to make the world a better place, to help us more uh, find what, what is common with all of us instead of dwelling on what's different about it. And I'm really excited about where we're going with that. But yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful time. Um, and there's, I think there's going to be a lot of breakthroughs over the next 10 years. Wonderful. I love it. Todd, this was fantastic. Before you head out, let everyone know where they can find your work, where if they want to get a session from you, your book, all the good stuff. Sure. So if you go to slipstreamshaman.com, You'll see a little bit about what I do. That is a work in progress. In progress, but there's links there where you can um, see some of the old my side of the universe. Listen to my side of the universe cast. You can order the book there. Uh, you can also contact me, and you can use the the email link there to contact me. Or if you go to Slipstream Shaman at Gmail, um, everything Slipstream Shaman. If uh, if you're on uh, Instagram. I'm just starting to do that. I would love to have some more friends or followers, or I don't know the right name for Instagram people, but if um, anybody that wants to to send me a, a connection thing, I will accept all of them. I would really like to have some friends on that. And, and that's where a lot of our information will go out. So, but yeah, you can reach me uh, through the website's the best way. You can order the book there. It takes you straight to Amazon, or you can go to Amazon and type in Slipstream Shaman and it'll bring up the book. Excellent. 
Well, Todd, this was fantastic, and I'd definitely love to talk with you again in the future. Uh, that'd be wonderful. You were, you're a great host, and I had a blast, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, I had a great time. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then.